0: Chapter 23, our scripture reading this morning are from verses 1 through 6 from the prophet Jeremiah, I can tell my it's still a bad habit, I went like this to look at the words keep forgetting that they're back there and I don't have to turn around to do that um, from the words of Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 1 through 6 woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture declares the lord Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely And do what is just and right in the land. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteousness. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we we look to your word this morning and we seek your wisdom We seek your wisdom on how we're living in this day. We seek your wisdom from your word. on where our hope and where our faith lies. Where the focus of our lives sits. And so I do ask that you speak to us through your word this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are here in the second Sunday of Advent. So what is, what is Advent? Um, advent is defined, you know, by definition, Advent is the arrival of a notable person or notable thing or notable event. Uh, we could use the words in regards to it's the advent of hockey season or the advent of football season. Or, you know, it was the advent of cell phones. There was a point in time where everything came about. And so now everybody see my wife's up here laughing and then people back there are laughing and someone over there is laughing and that's because someone didn't know to mute their phone when they clicked on Facebook to see if it was working or not. And so um so it is working because I heard it up here while I was praying just in case you know why all these people over here are laughing. Uh, but when we look at Advent we we talk about a thing that is coming or a thing that has, has come. And so the advent of cell phones. I mean, most of us remember the day, not all of us, because I know there are some young ones here this morning. Um they don't even know what it means to go and get the, the phone and pick it up and have this long wire attached to it. I thought it was great when my parents, they got this really, really long wire and you didn't have to be this far. You could actually go down the, go down the hallway and go around the corner a little bit and stretch that wire out really, really long. And then when you brought it back, it was tangled like this all the way up. And so you had to hold the phone and unwire. And it, some people don't even know what the advent of cell phones is i do i mean it was a great thing i remember having it, having one of those little bag phones in the car and i thought i was the coolest guy you know because someone loaned me one of these to use so it's the coming of something that is big that changes our lives uh, and while we're talking about advent and going through the advent season quite often we look backwards and we think about the advent of jesus christ the coming of jesus christ Jesus Christ who changed the world, uh, the one who came as a babe into our world, God with us, and changed the world through th- what we know as Advent, uh, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, everything about Jesus Christ changed our world the way that we know it. Um, you know, He left with this ragtag band of followers to carry on this gospel message and to preach the gospel and to make disciples. And this gospel message of forgiveness of sins, of reconciliation to God, of a changed life, changed the world. And throughout the ages, it has impacted our lives in ways that you probably don't even think about. Children, you go to school every day. That was brought about because Christians saw the need for people to be educated to learn how to read and write. Secondary education, almost all of the colleges that are the the top ten colleges, almost every single one of the top ten colleges, I think only one that wasn't, nine out of the ten were brought about because Christian men saw the need for people to have a further education beyond high school, to have, have a college as a place where they can learn about God and also learn about science and engineering and history. And so we have secondary education, science, medical treatments, our care for others, the ending of slavery, women's rights. All of these things changed because of the advent of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and has changed the world for us today. All of these accomplishments brought about because of a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, his life changed other people's lives and it changed the world and here we are in the second week of advent and where do we find ourselves busy this time of year i know that my wife spent the day yesterday wrapping christmas presents getting ready for a family christmas party where we can you know, have gifts for our children and our grandchildren. And, and all of us get busy. And whether we're still going to the stores during this day. Or whether we're getting online on our phones. And we're ordering all those packages. Just a note to self and everybody else. If you're going to get online and shop. Do it now. Because deliveries are getting slower and slower and slower. And, and the reality is that Amazon Prime is not going to come in two days like you think. The trucks are backing up. So if you want it by Christmas, order now. But we, we're, we're busy with this stuff. And we get excited about this stuff. And we're looking forward to celebrations, however small they may be. And we're looking forward to sitting down for a Christmas dinner. We're looking forward to Christmas morning. Kids, think about right now, hey, Grandma, I want that Nintendo Stitch or Switch or whatever that crazy thing is. And I'm not sure if I'm getting a little stuffed animal or if I'm getting an electronic game. And, right, and they want to make sure that Grandpa and Grandma are looking at the right gifts and getting the right things because on Christmas morning, they want to be able to rip something open and see what's in the box. They want excitement. And so our Advent shifts from thinking about a baby that was born 2,000 years ago to one where today we're thinking about an Advent of what do I have to do? Do we buy the right Christmas gifts? Do we have everything we need for Christmas dinner? Uh, Is everything taken care of? Am I going to be able to pay the credit card bill when it comes in January? You know, if I don't do that, then it's going to take, you know, 21 years to pay off, and I don't want to do that. All of the things that run through our minds, and we get busy with all of this stuff. We get busy and busy and busy, and we turn our twisted lives around, that so much of our joy and so much of our fulfillment is found in ripping open presents on Christmas Day. And don't get me wrong, Christmas Day is going to be celebrated at the Fisher household. Well, usually our Christmas Day when it's just me and my wife. I mean, it's very quiet and subdued. And, but, you know, there's usually a secret present hiding somewhere. But we look forward to that day. And, but is Advent more than that? Is Christmas really more than that? Or is this all it is anymore for us? Is this all it is for the, for the world around us? And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm good with celebrating Christmas. I'm good at celebrating Easter. There is no time soon that that's going to be canceled in the Fisher House. But there's more than this. There's more than just ripping open presents on Christmas Day. So what is Advent all about? And what are we looking forward to? On this second week of Advent, I want us to look at the work of God. What He promised through the words of Jeremiah. I hope we can see the work of God in our lives and the world around us and see the work of God in the first coming of Jesus Christ and know what that means for us today and the hope and the faith that we lie and hold on to and just rest with us. The hope that prepares us for the next Advent, the second coming of Jesus Christ. More than 600 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, we have the prophet Jeremiah who is giving the words to the people of Judah he prophesied over four decades. He saw the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of Judah, of Israel. He, he saw the excellent things that were going on. He saw the reforms that were going on. And he saw the terrible things that were going on as well. As he prophesied to the people of, of, of Judah, and if we read through Kings and Chronicles, we, we see right away through history that we have good king, bad king, good king, good king, good king, bad king, bad king, bad king. Jeremiah was living it. We read through it from a history Go back and read about King Josiah and, and what went on with Josiah's life and then the kings after Josiah and we have good and bad and good and no. Oh, this one started bad and ended up good. Jeremiah is living through this and he's watching Judah fall apart. He, he's there prophesying during the day when Judah is taken off into captivity. He's there living in a day where there is no more hope. There is no more joy. There is no more looking forward to anything. And he brings these words of prophecy. During Jeremiah's day, as I said, he, he prophesied during King Josiah. If you read about King Josiah, he is pretty good. But things had reached a point where even though Josiah was pretty good, there was still a prophecy that the people had gone too far. So even during King Josiah's day, when they found the book of the law, one of my favorite stories in the Bible where the where he comes in with the book of the law and he says, Oh, by the way, we repaired all the temple. Oh, uh, just in case you didn't know, we found this book too. It is an afterthought. God was an afterthought. And this is where Jeremiah is prophesying to where God had become an afterthought for the people. So due to their lack of leadership, the lack of their guidance on the people, God says, Look, the people are going to be scattered because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them. I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done. And he's calling out to the leaders of the day and saying, you missed the boat. You misled the people. And due to your lack of leadership and your misleading of the people of God, they're going to be scattered. And then God says, but I'm going to do something. See, the leaders were failing to do what they needed to do. The leaders were failing to call out, this is the way of the Lord and the way of God, and we need to follow those things. And because they were missing those things, God had to step in and say, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them. God's going to do His work. Because the leaders had failed to do theirs. And that's a word to me as a pastor, and it's a word to every one of you that lead anything. It's a word to every parent that is here. You are leaders of your household. It is a word to each and every one of us to to be able to look at that and say, am I stepping up the way that God wants me to, that this word won't apply to me? Am I misleading? Am I failing to lead? Am I scattering my flock? Am I driving them away? Am, Am I not bestowing care on them? And then God says, I'll bestow punishment on you and I'll have to take care of them. And so God is going to do a, a great thing for the people of Judah and the people of Israel and He's going to bring them back. He's going to bring them to a place where they're no longer afraid or terrified. And then we have the promises of God that come forward in verses 5 and 6. And that's where I want us to look this morning at the work of God in verses 5 and 6. I'm going to just start with verse 5 and write it the first four words of verse 5. The days are coming. The days are coming. Those God announced in Jeremiah 23, 5, the days are coming. I know last week, and I thank Terry Hope for filling in for me last week while Patty and I were away, talked about hope. Talked about hope and holding on to hope. Well, the days are coming. The days are coming. And we need to hang on to hope. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be a person of Judah being led off into captivity and having the prophet Jeremiah look at me and say, Hey, remember the days are coming. Remember the days are coming. I can't imagine what it would have been like for King Manasseh. King Manasseh who led Israel astray, that led Judah astray. I can't imagine if he would have heard the words of Jeremiah, The days are coming. And he would have looked at him and said, Do you see what's going on, Jeremiah? What do you mean the days are coming? Things are a mess. We have just been conquered. We are all being led away into a foreign country, into a foreign land. We have been living in captivity. What in the world are you talking about? The days are coming. And Jeremiah still says, "Look, grab onto the promise, onto the, hope, onto what is coming in the future. The days are coming." When you read through again, First Kings and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, we read from a history perspective. And we're told, again, about a bad king and a good king. So as I pondered, someone like the king, a king like Manasseh, who was a king during Jeremiah's prophecies. Manasseh, he was a a bad king. Scripture tells us that his practices were detestable. That's what the Bible says, that his practices were detestable. He was a king where he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He built idols to all kinds of gods. He worshipped the stars. Instead of worshipping God, he worshipped the stars. He defiled the temple, God's holy place, the temple, where they would go and worship God. He defiled the temple by bringing other gods into the temple so anybody could worship whomever they wanted inside God's temple. To make it even worse, inside the temple, he built an idol to worship the stars himself, and he put this idol into the temple. Second Chronicles 33.9 tells us, But Manasseh led Judah and the people of Jerusalem astray so that they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. The people as a whole, they weren't crying out saying, oh Manasseh, if you would be a better king, we would be better off. Manasseh as a leader had led the people astray and they were okay with it. They were okay with it. He said, hey, life under Manasseh is good. Life under Manasseh is fine. Why do we need the, why do we need the days of, of Or? Why do we need the days of the past when things under Manasseh are fine? And they did not realize that they were led astray into evil, into defilement. They were led away where they were no longer worshiping gods. And they would look and say, why do I need the days that are coming, Jeremiah? These days under Manasseh are okay. And reality is we become so blind sometimes that we enjoy the days that are around us and we stop looking forward to the days that are actually good. And we look around and we see things that are around us and we say, well, this is good. This is okay. And we're so blind to the fact that we don't realize that it's not okay and that there's something that is better that is to come. The days that are coming that are really good. For Manasseh, and Scripture tells us in Second Chronicles, it took a hook in his nose. I don't know what kind of hook it was. Simple as a fishing hook, and I know it would hurt bad enough. A hook in his nose shackles on him, led away into captivity. Can you imagine a hook, a fishing hook in your nose, and someone just pulling the string, "Come on, Manasseh, you're going off to Assyria." And it took that leading him away where he finally realized and he cried out to God. Now he is a bad king. Scripture tells us he did evil. He was a bad king. And he cried out to God and said, God, I messed up. God, I messed up. The prophet Jeremiah is crying out, the days are coming. And he cries out and says, I messed up. I was so busy enjoying everything around us that I forgot everything was about God and he cries out to God and God wakes him up and God redeems him and God allows him to come back and reforms him why, why do we cry out to God and say we want the good old days I heard someone the other day they used the phrase we are all looking forward to our lives being we are all looking forward for our lives returning to the way they were Here's the phrase. We are all looking forward for our lives returning to the way they were. And that was in reference to the coronavirus. And I can tell you, I am not looking forward for our lives returning to the way they were. Not at all. Because the way that our lives were was not really that good. Because the way that our lives were, we were headed on a tangent, heading off towards... Defilement and destruction. Where we look at everything and we say that it is good, but really it is not that good. And so we have to be careful when we're looking for something and searching for something. When the best does not lie in this life, the best lies in the coming of another Advent. The days are coming. The second Sunday of Advent is about faith, where the first Sunday is about hope and then today is about faith. Is our faith in this life and having the best things that we can have in this life and having the best Christmas that we have ever had in the last however many years, whether you're five years old or whether you're 95, having the best Christmas, oh, uh, we're going to make this the best it has ever been. Or is our hope and our faith in the second coming of our Lord and Savior? The announcement from Jeremiah was one that the days which are coming we're going to be the first advent the coming of our lord and savior it gave hope to them it gave them a, a sight to look forward to that this day was going to be coming when everything would be made right but today just like the people of judah we shouldn't sit and be satisfied with the way things are we should be looking forward to the day that is coming this day that is coming this announcement that hit them is followed up where there's going to be a dynasty of wisdom I love the chorus, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. And when Jeremiah cried out to them, and he says, When I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely. And if they went through Manasseh, they said, We could use a king, we could really, really use a king who could reign wisely. And I don't know about you. But in our world today, we could really use a king who can reign wisely, and I don't see one in our history or one in our future that's going to necessarily bring about some utopia of perfect world that we're going to all live in, and everything's going to be great and glorious for everybody. And if that's the hope and faith we're holding on to, that there's some king that's going to sit on a throne in Washington, D.C., that's going to make everything wonderful, or some king in whatever country you're in is just going to make everything so beautiful and wonderful and utopia. We are missing Advent, and we're missing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that Jeremiah was prophesying about. The people of Judah knew their own history, and king after king, good and bad, good and bad, good and bad, and even the good didn't always reign wisely, but then they would hear about a king who would come, who would reign wisely, who would bring wisdom. And for the next hundred, 600 years, they would hope and have faith that God would bring about this king. And we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Glory to the newborn king. Here's how the Apostle Paul describes Jesus. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, I believe starting in verse 2. He says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, the Advent that we are we're celebrating and the one we are looking forward to is because of a king who is full of all wisdom and all knowledge. On Christmas Day, you're ripping open the box and everybody's sitting around the room and they say, well, what's in the box? And I want to say, the box is Jesus Christ, and when we pull it open, it's all wisdom and all knowledge, and it is found in Jesus Christ. It's not found in me, it's not found in you, it's not found in our senators, our representatives, our presidents. It's found in Jesus Christ, all wisdom and knowledge. Jeremiah's words brought about a dynasty of wisdom that we're to be looked forward to, and they're ones that we can look forward to as well, and know that we have an eternal wise king. Who one day will come, and his kingdom will come in all of its fullness. We have this days of coming that were announced to us, and we have a wise king. But another attribute of the king that is given to us is one who would do what is just and right in the land. A king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. When those words hit the ears of the people of Judah, I think it would have instilled in their hearts we have something to look forward to. It gave them hope. It gave them a future 600 years down the road. But it gave them a hope and a future to look into that someday God, through a miracle, would intervene into their lives and give them a king, a king of righteousness, a king that would rule with justice and rightness in the land. They had a world that was corrupt because of all kinds of evil desires. Sound familiar? We have a world that is corrupt because of all kinds of evil desires. And to look and see that some day there will be a bright and shining star who will stand above and outside all corruption and bring justice it would have filled their hearts with joy, joy and it should fill our hearts with joy as well. That some day, everything is going to be made right. And with faith, they look forward to the birth of Jesus Christ and with faith, we look forward to the coming, the final coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I think their problem and quite often ours is we aren't getting what we see as being right and just. I know that's a Christian problem. I know that's a world problem. We want people to get their just just desserts. Uh, Unless I'm abnormal, and hopefully someone can shake their head, when someone does something wrong, do you then through your own mind say, well I hope they get caught, I hope something bad happens to them, I I hope this is, We, we want justice. We want justice. Oh, I hope they throw him in jail for that. And it goes even worse than that. Oh, as bad as that mother is, they should just take her out and hang her. And those kinds of thoughts go through our head because we want what's right and we want what's just. And we're looking for it and we're looking for it hard. But we're looking for it here. And God's saying, are you looking for it in my kingdom? So we want what's right and just. But God's saying, I will make things right and just. You have to just keep your heart set on the right kingdom. Colossians, again, chapter 3, verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Jesus Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Do I care about the here and now? Yes, I should. And we should. But our fulfillment isn't in the here and now. Our joy isn't in the here and now. Our righteousness is not found in the here and now. We have all of those things out there in the here and now and God is saying set your heart on things above. Things that are in my kingdom. Things where they will be ultimately right and ultimately just in the kingdom of God. So we, will always have, we will always have terrible people around us. That's the reality. I don't watch the news a lot because the news drives me crazy and, and I'll get addicted to it and then I won't turn it off so I don't watch the news a lot. But turn on the news. I hear people talk about the news. I can't, you know, the, I, I, people say, I can't even watch the news. I turned it on for five minutes and all I heard was something bad, something bad, something bad, something bad. Unless you woke up today, there are bad things that happen all around us. Unless you just woke up today, there's a reality. There are people who are sick, and getting sick and dying. It doesn't seem just to me. doesn't seem right. Why did this person get it, and this person didn't? If anybody should have got it, it should have been him. He's really bad. And we're looking for some kind of justice, some kind of right. But we're looking for it in the here and now. There will always be heartache and pain. The last thing that I, the last time I checked, for every single one of us, for every single one of us, one hundred percent guaranteed, our life's going to come to an end. In reality, you can argue with me and say it's something like ninety nine point nine 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 percent, because you know Elijah and Enoch, you know, they both got out of that. Right? This is a biblical argument. If you want to come back and say it's not a one hundred percent, yeah. I'll give you two. But 100%, round it up. That's where we're headed. But for some reason, we're looking for this life that will go on forever. And God's saying, My my justice, doing what is right and just, is in the consummation of my final kingdom. The advent of what's going to come. We have Jesus Christ who was born in the first Advent, but the fullness of the right and just is in the second Advent of what is to come. So we will always see disappointment around us. We will always see things fail around us, but our hearts should be set on things above, knowing that Jesus Christ will come again one day and set His kingdom right. So what do we do with all this? What do we do with all of this? As you go through the Advent season... Two more Sundays. As you go through the Advent season, who is the king you are looking for? Is your Advent some utopian kingdom? Think about this. Is your Advent some utopian kingdom where cancer will be cured? Coronavirus is gone away? All of the social injustices around us are fixed? Everyone has a home? There's food on everyone's table. Is that the advent that you're looking forward to? Is that where your heart is set? Or is your heart set that there will be a day, a coming day, where we will stand before Jesus Christ, our Lord and King, who will reign wisely, who will do what is right and just in our land and i throw those two things out as a contrast because you could sit there now and say well what do you mean ralph you don't want cancer to be cured sure i do sure i do what do you mean ralph you don't want covid19 to go away sure i want it to go away what do you mean ralph you don't you don't want everybody to have a house to live in yes i do what do you mean ralph you don't want social injustices to to be done away with Yes, I want social injustices to be done away with. What do, you, what do you mean? You don't want everybody to have something to eat? Food on every table? Oh, yes, I do want food on every table. And I believe as Christian people, we should work hard and we should work long to bring those things about. But my hope is not set My hope is not set there. And so I labor in this world To bring about social justices and cure for diseases and and cure for sicknesses and, and food for people that don't have it and shelter for people that don't have it. And we labor and we work for those that are around us and love our neighbors as ourselves. But my heart is not set on some utopian kingdom that is going to be set up by the world where we all just hug each other and get along. My hope for Advent and your hope as well needs to be set on the day when our Lord and King comes back And we see the King of kings and the Lord of lords riding on the white horse in all of his glory. And we're coming with him. And that's the Advent season where our hope is set and what I'm looking forward to. That's the faith that we hold on to. That's the hope that we hold on to. Because if it's all of those other things, there's always going to be another coronavirus. There's another one coming. We could cure cancer tomorrow in this world. It would be a wonderful miracle if we did. But there will be another disease on the horizon. We could put food on every table. But then there will be some more children born who will be hungry. And we'll have to figure out how to feed them. Things will keep coming and coming and coming. Because this world will not ever become a utopian world. But the kingdom to come will. And that's our advent, and that's what we should be looking forward to. What is our heart set on? We need to choose today, and then start living today, as if our heart was set on that kingdom. God's work. God's work. Lord, increase our faith so that we are set on the kingdom of God, and set on the things above. God said He would do a great work in the people of Judah, and He will do a great work in us. A good work and carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Because that good work's going to keep on going until that second advent, the day of Christ Jesus, when He comes back in His kingdom. An old course that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His glorious face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. That's what we're looking forward to. If my eyes are fixed on this, if my eyes are fixed on Christmas, if my eyes are fixed on any holiday or party or celebration, I'm missing Advent. We need to keep our hearts and our eyes fixed on Jesus. His kingdom, and only His kingdom, will bring about righteousness, justice, wisdom, Let's keep our hearts fixed there. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we can have forgiveness of sins, that the chains can be broken off, that we can be set free. But with that, Lord, help us to turn our eyes to you. our hearts are set on you on things above that our fulfillment is found in you not in some Christmas present we open up on Christmas morning that our joy is found in you that the joy of the Lord is our strength not in some celebration we have here on earth So, Lord, as we continue to live out our faith here, I do ask that you be with us. I ask you to speak to our hearts. Where are we finding our joy? Where are we finding our fulfillment? Where are we finding our faith? What are we truly looking forward to? And in turn, Lord, you work on our hearts and you draw us to you. You draw us into that deep, meaningful relationship with you where our eyes are on the kingdom of God and all the great work that you can do. Thank you, Lord, for being with with us in this house. I thank you that we still have that opportunity to come together as believers and worship together. Thank you for filling us with your Holy Spirit this morning, Lord, for being with us during our worship. I thank you for allowing us to bend our knee to you and praise your name. We do ask, Heavenly Father, again, for your protection around each and every one of us and those that are listening on Facebook and other venues. Lord, that you continue to be with us. I know there are those who are struggling in many, many different ways during these days, Lord. Reach into their lives and touch them. Put that hedge of protection around them. Help us to know that you are with us, that you never leave us or forsake us. Lord, again, Help us to understand how deep your love is for us. Thank you for the opportunities that we have ahead of us during this week. That we can let our light shine before men. That we can go forth from this place and take you with us. And that your Holy Spirit is with us and will guide us through the week. And you will be the voice who is in our lives each and every day. Help us to keep our eyes set on your kingdom. We look forward to the coming of our Lord and King Jesus. We ask this all in Jesus name. Amen. Have a wonderful, a wonderful, glorious week and make sure you enjoy this time of year. God bless.